If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Well, that's what they had last weekend anyway. (laughs) So hi, Marleya. Hi, Patrice. Thought we'd go ahead and get this started. Hey, Courtney. Hi. Courtney's, everybody's got back problems today. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Laying on the ground. Happy Dirty 30. Happy Dirty 30. Cheers. Cheers. 30th episode. Holy. Could you believe that we've consistently done something this long? No, I mean, and it's, I love me? the way you put that because you've consistently done anything <laughs> for this long. <laughs> I don't consistently do anything. So this is pretty, this is a celebration for real. It totally is. It is special. And we know it's funny because I was like, maybe it's because we're doing it together. But I know that's not it because um, we, we try to go to the gym together. And it <laughs> exactly. <works>. The gym <laughs> thing. <laughs> if only. <laughs> oh, yay. Oh, goodness. Well, we have a lot of stuff that's happened since we, we were um, do. last in this pod basement. I know. <laughs> so. I'm, kind of, I'm excited to be back in here. I wish it was a little bit cooler. I think I'm flushing, though, because of the dirty 30 martini that we're drinking yeah i'm like hot flash and sweating <laughs> but in a feel good way <laughs> but just don't touch me right now because it is <laughs> it is courtney made us a strong dirty martini with three olives and i told her olives. i was like this is obviously the appropriate drink for this episode i don't like <laughs> olives but i'll drink what you put in front of me and you know what it's it's not i thought i thought i would have more problems with it and i don't oh so. no it it's delicious. This it's is my, definitely a sipper, though, man. It is a sipper. Um, you definitely do not want to drink hearty. Just vodka and olive juice. I could drink olive juice by itself. I love olive juice and olives and anything pickled. Oh, you know, oh, Courtney, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't share this this information about your moonshine. Because Courtney, <laughs> Courtney got herself from some friends, from some friends of friends who make pickle moonshine. What? A big old jar of pickle juice moonshine in her fridge. I am curious. You yeah. Get it? <laughs> Courtney's like, I'll go get it right now. <laughs> I don't know. After this martini, I don't know if I could handle moonshine and complete a podcast. <laughs> I, I actually even liked, I, I didn't think I was going to like it, but I took, when you see... Her, her neighbors brought it over to her and we were all checking on the garden and everything. We had just gotten out of the car and the neighbors brought it over and handed it to me. And, um, Lynn looked at me and said, like, you've got to, you got to at least try it. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't like pickles. Fine. Just go ahead and try it. So I, I unscrewed the lid and I took one sip and I was like, that is not what I expected. I mean, it, it's pickle. It tastes like pickle juice, but I thought I wouldn't like it. And I right. did like it. And so they all wandered around and checked the garden. And I don't think I told you this. I took like three more swigs <laughs> while they were over there. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I had to label it moonshine because I, oh. I have so many jars of my homemade pickles that I saved the juice and it all looked the same. Mm-hmm. The other day I thought that was just a big jar of pickle juice and I just had to get a Sharpie moonshine on top. <laughs> yes, labeling things is good. 
Oh, I just realized ugh, we're doing it again. We're going to have to get you a microphone. Uh, yeah. Yes. she Because we're having a three-way conversation here. <laughs> if you couldn't hear that, Courtney just said she had to label her moonshine because she's afraid that it was like going to get thrown away with regular pickle juice, which right. you don't usually spare regular pickle juice anyways, or just drunk for cramps. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That, well, they give pickle juice to like... Um, during the, the bike races, yeah. they'll have like pickled juice um, just to get the salt intake because they sweat mm-hmm. so much and they lose all that salt. Mm-hmm. And it's when they really start to tank. Which coming up August 11th, I don't know if anybody follows cycling. I'm betting probably not, but I'm going to mention it anyway if you want to like, it's an area thing. So out, out at the base, out at, um, Fort McClellan. Yes, Fort McClellan. They're going to have time trials, like international time trials. And it's like this really huge oh, wow. race. That. Um, that this is the first time they are doing it. So if you, on August 11th, have time to go out to Fort McClellan and interested in watching people cycle, um, it's really pretty fun, actually. That's in Anniston, and Anniston, Alabama. Alabama. And that's... um. It's weird how much like a lot of the races, the cycling races and stuff are getting more right. international because we have such like we have the spread and the mountains um, or mini mountains basically here mm-hmm. uh, that a lot of people will train here and they have a lot of like qualifiers for like Europe races here, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows about. Um, but yeah, it's a thing. Anniston, Alabama and the area around so if you're into like just road biking mountain biking gravel is a big new bike thing uh they just opened up a gravel course over at fort mccullen and um so any kind of biking we have it it's kind of a hidden spot if you don't know about anniston alabama but hit us up if you end up over here yes world-class stuff and the reason i mean i've been watching uh tour de france and so I've been like really had my head in cycling, even though I don't cycle. <laughs> um, but you know, husband and friends do. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Cycling. I can't do it. It makes my crotch hurt. Yes, it does I make just, the lady parts. Like the crotch burn is real, and I'm not into it's it. The crotch bruising. It's, Man, it it's is pretty hard. Harsh. Oh yeah. I mean, it is, it's pretty hardcore. It is pretty hardcore. And I am not. I'm not hardcore. No, with my crotch things. is definitely not hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> Write that one down. (laughs) Happy 30th episode. (laughs) Well, let's talk about Watumka. Watumka was a blast. Oh, my gosh. We had so much fun. We did. Had a really nice size uh, crowd show up. And a fun crowd. And they were fun. Yes. Lots of cool people. Yes. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah. And we didn't, I mean, we we weren't exactly sure what to expect. The, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Christy at Watumka Depot, she wasn't sure what to expect either because, you know, we all kind of, yeah, we pushed it out, but it wasn't her normal crowd that was coming in. So she was just like, I don't know what's going to happen. And it was, it was a great group of people. It was lots of fun. We were surprised to find some pretty cool places to hang out in Watumka after the show. Yeah. The uh, Kuzo River Craft House. That was really good. And we walked in and they were playing nathaniel rateliff and the night sweats at the like the live band which is like awesome i was like yeah son of a bitch yeah um but uh yeah and we just kind of sat around and chatted with some of the people that were at the show and it was it was and we apologized to those of you that we didn't chat with that much um we just we kind of tried to get around and it was fun and we were just having a having a good time so right yeah It was nice. Um, and thank shout out to Scott who actually came up on stage to give a listener lore that we're going to um, 
put out next week. Cool. So we have that and a couple of other things that I've kind of been saving up that's going to be on listener lore for next week. Sweet. So if you if you subscribe to the um, the newsletter and pay any attention to it, I think I included in the newsletter that there was going to be a bonus guest story on last week's episode. And, uh, yeah, uh, sorry, I didn't say that. No, that was my fault. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be on the listener lore soon. Yeah. So look for it there because it is, it is a really fun one. It's cool. And it's, it's a good story. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, what else did we do? We went to oh, um, we well, went and hung the, with our buddy at the at the goat house. Oh, at the goat house, yes. But before then, um, we uh, had an interview. So we're actually going to be on Troy University NPR. Yep, very soon. Um, shout out to Carolyn for doing an interview. With yeah, us. we enjoyed talking with her. I like it. Felt weird. And yes, it was. It's very strange to be interviewed by somebody who really knows how to interview people. So we were just sitting there like, what are we supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, can you sign language me what I'm supposed to be doing? I know. We <laughs> were just supposed to be every talking time, about Every time she cards. asked one of us a question, we were like, <laughs> kind of like looking at each other really quickly before like, we answered like, wait, I don't know. What? <laughs> Why do we do this? <laughs> Who are we? What we, is the meaning of life? I, I think it. <laughs> I think it turned out good. That was fun. Well, so. we haven't heard it yet either. She's yes. she was very friendly. She was very nice. Um, you know, I think we talked about swearing some. I, I, yeah, the the uh, that was I think was everybody's concerned about how vulgar, swearastic we, we are. How vulgar we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I think uh, I guess the show surprised a couple of people that way too because there was a. Uh, there was a story of, of someone who had brought, like, we, we were worried as we got into Wetumpka. Now, listen, this this talks about my own personal biases. So as we drove into Wetumpka, a lot of what we were seeing, like, there was a big old sign for the Wetumpka Tea Party headquarters with, um, you know, a pro, uh, you know, a pro-life rally that was happening and, you know, whatever your your personal, you know, uh political, personal, religious, whatever beliefs on things are, that kind of thing usually puts up a red flag in my head. And, um, and they, between that and like some, some sort of, you know, Trump support stuff, again, whatever your personal beliefs are, that puts up a red flag in my head. So by the time we got into the, the parking lot, I was like, oh, this crowd might be a whole bunch of, you know, very conservative, um, like older people that don't know what they're getting into right. was, was my concern. And don't know what a podcast is. And I was very, yeah, because that was one of our questions on the NPR and that on the Troy Public Radio recording was, what is a podcast? Mm -hmm. And um, so I was like, oh, shit, you know, what, <laughs> this could go south. But so, you know, there was a crowd of people that was, I, I think, probably on an older range than oh, we necessarily yes. expected. So yes. I was still nervous when we went up on stage because I was like, are they going to take this okay? Somebody beforehand had contacted us and saying, like, watch your fucks because people might walk out. Out. right so we were like okay this could be really nerve-wracking and there was a story well i guess by now you've heard it then that so i told a story about f scott fitzgerald's dick <laughs> yes. and um which caught me off guard yeah but i swear to god like i it was like my it was the whole reason i did everything it was i just wanted to talk about f scott fitzgerald's dick oh my gosh. but like um you know we were we were talking to the you know the people who run the theater after the show and i was kind of expressing like i wasn't sure what it was going to be like you know right? once we started and um one of them had told us a story about they had seen someone come in with like a, a somebody who is much more on the older older range right um and they were like oh gosh that's going to be the that that might 
that might shock her a little right. bit. And then they looked down while I was telling that story. And the lady was like, the, the lady that had been brought in was like gesticulating with her hands, like the size of what a penis would be. And it was just like, Oh my God. They're like, I think she really got a big kick out of it. Like, you gotta so, give older ladies some credit, right? Lots of credit apparently. So my, my, uh, my, uh, my apologies to anyone who I let my personal biases uh, impact me about, but we loved all of you and you were a blast. And oh, we had fun. Gosh. Absolutely. Great host. So, yes, public radio, uh, Wetumpka show. We went and um, had breakfast. Yes, let's talk about the goat house. Yes. Because I totally, since I've been there now, I think we need to redo our sponsor ad. Yeah, I think... Yeah, Patrice has now drunk the Kool-Aid with the rest of us. Yes. And we are, um, Courtney and I have been in love with the goat house. She's wearing her shirt right now. Yay! Since we met James, um, you know, more than a year ago now, yeah? And um, and they're our, our sponsor on the show, you know? They, we have an ad for them that we recorded. And I really do... I mean, it's not it, it's not one of those things where I'm like sponsoring toothpaste. This is the place that I really will go every time right. I go into town. And they have an Airbnb. Too they have an Airbnb there. upstairs that you can rent. And it's a um, really cool old house. It's I mean, a it's it an awesome, awesome place. House. It's a fun atmosphere. The dude in charge is a good friend, and he's just a really nice person. They support local causes. They support local, um, you know, justice initiatives. They support local performers and artists, like local cooks. Right. You know, everything local, local farmers there. are I think, what did you say? James has 10 local farmers who are um, contributing to their, you know, bites menu right. every week. And um, well, that fucking uh, breakfast, brunch, yeah. taco thing that we had was off the hook. Off it, the hook. It I know. Was so good. And that's just, and you know, I mean, bacon. they weren't open. Yeah. And, you know, I contacted James and I was like, dude, I forgot you don't do brunch on Sundays. And he's like, come on over. So, you know, I mean, cause he's, yes. he's, he's good people and, good uh, people. and good friends. So anyway, he made us brunch at the goat house and it, it, you know, the, the legit notch. brunch makes that look like nothing. I mean, oh, their wow. brunch is really pretty amazing. So anyway, um, if you're in Montgomery, go to the goat house, but please go to the goat house in October yes. because we talked to him about doing a live show there during Halloween week. Yeah. Um, like so, a big whole big brouhaha of things. Yeah. So we're looking at having a, a good bit of fun down in Montgomery at the goat house in October on Halloween week. We'll get some more details and share them with you as we get a little bit closer, but uh, you know, Start looking at that weekend before uh, before Halloween, and and if you have to there. travel, I mean, we had to travel and just bring some friends and get an Airbnb, so it costs you like maybe twenty thirty bucks a night. We can recommend a few and for we you can now because if you want. there is like was it the Garden District we were kind of staying at in Montgomery? Yeah. Beautiful houses and really well taken care of and air conditioned. Because I guarantee, thank God, air conditioned. We're gonna probably still need air conditioning in October. <laughs> um, but just really, I was really surprised because I've never been to Montgomery. I mean, I've driven through Montgomery on the interstate, but that's the extent of my Montgomery knowledge. And I was really impressed. Yeah, that uh, that house we stand and like like so like historic. Patrice said, it's like it was a historic house and it was old, but it was really well taken care of, and it ended up costing us like forty dollars a. Person because we split it between five people, so right. 
Yeah. And there was like, there were houses. And everybody had, had a bedroom and we had an extra yeah. bedroom. And we so. had a bidet. <laughs> oh my God. We had a bidet, which like, even as we were leaving, I was like, did everybody use the bidet at least once? I use the bidet. I, it was my favorite part. And now we want to put one. You can just attach one, by the way. You can attach one to your existing toilet. So now I'm like, we need the bidet. It's um, a good wake up. It, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, because I was changing clothes at one point and, and Courtney had gone into our room to use the bathroom. And so I didn't realize she was in there and I'm in there changing clothes. And all of a sudden I heard somebody go, because ah! <laughs> she shot herself in the ass with freezing cold water. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, all, all, so we got lots of stuff. And then we, what, we went to Jackson Lake Island and saw yes. the set of big fish. And we have some Patreon videos to share with you yes. on Patreon of that. Beautiful weather. And again, Jackson Lake Island totally impressed me um, as far as like you can go down there, you can camp or camp nearby and fish and pet the goats, pet the goats and kayak and well taken care of. Nice, clean, fun place. Beautiful place. And uh, we also went uh, through Rockford. Yeah. Oh, man, we have so much. This may just be an episode of us talking about... I know. I'm like, trying to, like... I just realized I've got to kind of condense, you know, oh, this. But do but we really have to? I don't know. Do we, we probably really? don't. Will you listen to us yeah. <laughs> My My story is actually kind of short this week because I knew we were going to have some of this, and I'm, I don't know, just because. But, um, yeah, we drove through Rockford on yes. our way home, and on our way down, we passed by it, and I told everybody i was like you know i i'm pretty sure i know where that rockford house is kind of ballpark and if you don't know what we're talking about this is episode six six um the haint blue episode so never rent in rockford never rent haint in blue rockford you should really listen to that that's probably one of our best episodes it's a it's a it's a long time fave but um yes. you know if you've listened to it or if you haven't anyways there was a there was a, a haunted house that um a, a woman named Jenny had written a book about, um, in Rockford, Alabama. And I had gotten the book and I'd done the story on it, um, back then. And we, when we shared the episode, she found it right. and commented on it on the, on the website and we became yes. friends on Facebook. So as we were driving through Rockford, you know, one of her things was, and the reason we were so obsessed with finding this house was because she intentionally left the address of the house out of her book because she didn't want any, future right. owners or tenants want, to be like, harassed by people, people taking like slow driving like with your phones <laughs> out exactly your house. not like anybody would do that <laughs> but um you know i was just like so i know she doesn't you know i was like uh, i'd ask jenny but i know she doesn't want to answer this question and everybody's like oh, well i guess we could just drive around and see and then i was like you know what fuck it i'm just gonna i'm just what's the harm yeah. i'm just gonna message her and i'm gonna ask immediately she writes back and gives me detailed directions on how to get to it we are not going to share with mm -hmm. you the picture of the house at her request for exactly that reason we don't want anybody else driving up and down the streets of rockford taking pictures of people's houses but we've seen it now right <laughs> and what was your first impression it was not what i expected exactly i um it wasn't what i expected i did it, it i'm gonna go back and reread her her half of the book mm -hmm. because i think i'll i'll have a better picture in my head mm -hmm. she, now. she described it perfectly. she described it very well You're right but, but my brain took it in a different direction i, I was think. all gone with the wind colonnades yeah. and you know older antebellum kind of home and that and so it wasn't it, it was not didn't bad. it didn't go down that style architecturally mm -hmm. but um it was really kind of cool to see it yeah. and we um on our way there the one thing we did know 
how to get to regardless right was the um the the graveyard the cemetery that willie maxwell willie the maxwell. voodoo preacher was and we saw in his grave and took some pictures of that and the graves of the people that he killed which is right beside his grave which is fucked up right, right. like people that he had killed were buried right next because it was family he killed mm-hmm. nephews and right um so anyway uh we took some pictures of that which and some i video. guess and we'll put those on we can put some of those on um, the website but okay. we'll put the video on pay- patreon yeah we're still kind of working out the whole patreon you you guys absolutely always get the bonus episode nobody else gets that so right. that is 100 percent behind all the yours. scenes photos behind the scenes whether you photos want them or not and i'm sure some of those videos will be specific to you oh and maybe maybe we should maybe where should we'll ask Courtney where we should put the the roadside Sasquatch oh. photos and videos? So let's tell the story real quick. So we just got finished. Do you want to do you want to tell this one? You don't want to tell it? Okay. We just like finished driving by the Rockford house and we're trying to get back on the highway to go home. And all of a sudden we we're like mid conversation about something. <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> Courtney starts going, did you say Sasquatch or Bigfoot? Bigfoot. She goes, Bigfoot! Bigfoot! No, really, Bigfoot! And she points and she's like, down there by that pond, I swear to God, there was Bigfoot! And and we were all looking at like, just like, what's happening right well, now? And I craned my neck like just in time and I saw there were right? three Bigfoot standing yeah, and then, by But she pond. looked at me and she goes, no, not real Bigfoot, but Bigfoot! And so and we turned around. Well, we had back. that Randy was like do you really need me to turn around like, do i yes. really have to turn around and we're like you kind of do yeah you kind of do because he was our god bless randy oh, was our randy was our chauffeur all weekend day. that was amazing yes he was super awesome and drove us everywhere without thank complaint. you randy and yes. um so he he like humored us and turned around <laughs> in somebody's driveway and drove back and it was worth it yes so we have a picture of three <laughs> yes. bigfoot by the lake holding american flag American flag, very patriotic Sasquatch there. Uh, but yeah, three different sizes, like a little yeah, family. Yeah, like a little family of, of what is that look on your face? Oh, oh yeah, and there was random Easter Island like replicas at that pond so too. It was a weird driving like, down a country road yeah. in the middle of like rural Alabama, minding your own business. <laughs> and here's Easter Island in the Sasquatch. And then here's Easter Island in the Sasquatch. It was kind of the perfect ending to really, the whole really weekend was. <laughs> that was like that was the best <laughs> i really was and and then other things happened that was equally hilarious but we will not talk about <laughs> um, but yes so fantastic trip thank you watonka for yes. being a great host yes we, absolutely we really enjoyed it yes we had a blast so now there's, you know, my mother-in-law listens to the show and she's always like, you guys talk too much at the beginning. Just tell the stories. And I'm like, nope, oh. I'm going to do it my way, my mom. <laughs> but now you can listen to our stories here in a second because we're done talking, I think, here. We got any other updates? Uh, I don't think. Let me double check. Oh, no, I'm, I've got one. Okay. It's a, so Box Fan Chad sent me an update based on um, not the Watumpka show, but the previous episode which was mckamey manor oh yes <clears throat> and actually i watched the dark tourist you did watch it i never I watched did. it um i watched some of it uh and that's interesting so if you're interested in like weird tourist destinations uh definitely you know check out dark tourist 
You know, I'm it's on Netflix, this. I believe. I'm going to save this one for another. I'm going to save this one for next time. I'm going to share this one next time. Okay. Because I didn't, I didn't double check with him. I, I'm assuming he sent it to share, but I want to double check with him anyway. So anyway, okay. So are you first today? I am. Excellent. I am because you had to go first at Watumpka. Yes. Okay. So I'm first. I, I actually when I texted um, when I texted <laughs> Jazz Chad. Drum Chad, right? This week about um, my story, so that we didn't double up. Oh yeah, I texted very... him and I was like, "This is the first time that I've ever really been worried that we're going to do the same thing." And um, so I told him pretty detailed, more more detailed than usual, not right. pretty detailed, what I was going to do. And then I guess he like lorded it over you or something that he, he did. Knew and he didn't. He did. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, I wish I could tell you what she's doing." <laughs> Well, hopefully you'll like it because I'm kind of going down a path that you often go down and I don't often go down. Okay. So um, for like the last seven months, because we've been doing this for seven months now, um, we've had like bunches of stories that involve lights moving over swamps and marshlands oh, at night, right? Oh, yeah. And we always sort of glancingly talk about what it could be and swamp gases and all this stuff. Willow the wisp. Willow the wisp. But we never have really like dug into it. We okay. just kind of say have we have we ever dug into it very much no not really um so we're gonna delve all right hold on i have to take off this ow oh can't wear my ear cuff when i've got these headphones on um so will of the wisp right was a name that was given to this in ireland so um but in appalachia the like People from Appalachia, a lot of them were originally Scots-Irish settlers. Right. So there are commonalities in, like, the folklore and stuff. And a lot of things that, that we have as stories came from there originally or are versions of there. Right. But so I'm going to start there because this is also just a fun story for me. Okay. So the story of Will-o'-the-Wisp in Ireland, um, and this is according to... to I think it was the Dictionary of Fairies is the name of the book. Okay. But it's a, it's a, it's a very, very old story. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Um, begins with, uh, Will the blacksmith. And, um, so this guy was good at his job. He worked hard, but he got like, he got a habit for the bottle and he used all his savings. He lost all his business because all he did was drink. Mm. And so he, um, one day talked to this witch out on the outskirts of town who told him how to sell his soul to the devil for money. Oh. So he did these, like, it, they described in detail. Like, were there crossroads involved? There were no crossroads okay. involved. There was something to do with seeds of a fern. And anyway, but um, he had, it was something to do with a field and fern seeds and all this, but he did the thing. Right. And um, the devil said, hey, cool, we'll right. do this. And he said, in seven years, I'm going to come back and you're mine. Okay. So, um, enjoy. So Will has money now. Right. And he wastes seven years drinking that money away. Well, yeah. There's kind of a pattern here. Yeah. (laughs) And then a few days before his time is up, he's sitting in his shop and he's like looking out the window being depressed because he's like, now I'm going to have to go to the devil. And it's snowing and he's watching the snowfall and it's storming. And this old man just like totters into his shop and collapses. And Will is not a great dude, but he's like, I'm not going to let an old man die on my floor. So he lit the fire. He warmed the man. He fed the man and he kind of revived. And when the man felt better, he said, thank you for being so kind to me. I can grant you three wishes. Oh. And um, Will didn't actually believe it. Now, this is what's funny. Now, the He story doesn't is- believe... 
He, I know, right? He genie, sold his soul to the, the devil, devil, but he doesn't believe in the genie. Right. And then he comes up with three very specific wishes. So I was like, where did you come up with this if you didn't believe him? Um, legends. What are you going to do? Right. Um, he said, okay, so I wish that whoever I ask to sit in this chair has to stay there until I bid him to rise. Okay. Odd right? Wish. It's an odd wish. Okay. I wish that whoever takes my hammer up at my request has to strike the anvil till I bid him to let go. And I wish that whatever money I put in my purse stays there no matter what until I take it out. And I'm like, what random ass wishes? Like, you suck at right. this. Um, <laughs> and the man says, Stop I grant drinking. all three. And then he, like, started walking out the door and he turned around and he was like, you didn't wish for heaven. And then he goes away. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, damn, judgy fairy. <laughs> but um, so Will, like, and he also, the story says Will forgets about this. And I'm like, really? What? <laughs> you forgot? Obviously, he forgot about going to hell, he too. He forgets about because, a lot of shit. He's right. got some issues. Well, he's drink. drinking. drink. <laughs> yeah. So a week later, the devil shows up at Willie's door. And he says, okay, well, I'm almost done with this horseshoe. Have a seat over here until I finish. Oh, I'm sure you don't tell the devil. Just wait one second. Right? But he does, <laughs> though. Seat. The devil sits down, <laughs> and Will starts slamming on the devil with his hammer, like beating the shit out of him, because the devil's sitting in the chair and can't get up because right? he hasn't told him to get up. So he shrieks and he yells, and he finally tells Will that he'll give him another seven years if he just stops beating him. Oh. And so he, like... he lets him up out of the goddamn chair, and he says, okay, thanks. Seven years. Good. Mm -hmm. So Will drinks his way through another seven years. Oh. Will and, come uh, on now, man. And, the, and the devil comes again and he like looks he walks in the door and he like kind of side eyes the chair <laughs> he like <laughs> scoots around by the wall and he's like okay and will said I, i'm no i'm not gonna pull that on you this time i'm not gonna do it again here just hang on to my hammer for a second and you know you know what? It's just, why don't you hit the anvil with it? This is actually pretty satisfying, you know? So the devil starts hitting the anvil and he's like, you know what? This is like home. Like, I'm just going to, you know? And um, so he strikes for a minute and then he starts to hand the anvil back and he can't. Right. And so he keeps on hitting the anvil and keeps on hitting the anvil because wishes. So um, Will makes him go at this for like four hours. And the devil's exhausted. His muscles are screaming. He's finally like, God damn it. Like seven more years. Fine. Take seven more years. And Willie lets him go. So Willie drinks another seven years. Oh, my God. And his the liver should be like pickled <laughs> by now. Right? I know, right? And the devil shows up like pretty sheepishly this time at the door. And Will says, OK, listen, no hard feelings. I'll go willingly. Let me buy one more drink. Just one more drink and I'll go. And the devil's like, um, you know, okay, that's, that's cool. We can do that. And, uh, he, so Will fills around in his purse and there's, he's, damn it, devil, I got no money. So the devil's like, check this out. He turns himself into a coin so Will can buy a drink. Oh, God. No. And Willie grabs the coin, slips it into his purse, puts it on the anvil and starts beating the shit out of the purse with the hammer. <laughs> and the devil screams. The devil's just like going nuts. Fine, you're free. Just let me out. I don't ever want to see you again. God, uh, yeah. And um, so he lets him loose. Devil goes away. Eventually, even clever bastards die right. of apparently liver failure. <laughs> and so Willie dies one day, and he goes up to heaven to say like, "Hey, 
what's up? And Heaven's like, hell no. <laughs> and he goes to purgatory and they're like, oh, sorry. Sorry, man. So nobody he shows up at hell. Away. I know. Nobody wants you. I don't know why. He shows up at hell's gates and says, hey, devil, remember me? <laughs> and the devil's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like you would kill every devil in here. And he says, here, you know what? Get out. No, you right. can't come in. Here's a little light for you. Little torch. Go back where you came from. I don't ever want to see you again, you dirty motherfucker. <laughs> so he, so Will goes back to his home and he's in the marshes and the bogs and he's wandering around because he has nowhere to go. And he just has this little light that he carries around with him and he's bitter. So he plays games and tricks people. And that's where Will of the Wisp comes from. He's got a little wisp of light. That is such a fucking all-around story for that little bitty light. Isn't it, though? Right? I mean, I, I, I want to hear, I really want to hear. Somebody told a yarn to you get know, there, right? I think one of my favorite parts of looking for this was finding a video where these, um, I don't know who it was, it was a journal or something, had interviewed a bunch of elderly Irish people in restaurants and on the streets to tell them their stories of seeing Will of the Wisp. Mm -hmm. And that was, I was like, I want to see like an old Irish dude at a pub tell this story. Oh, right. But, um, so, and there's actually another, a, like another connected story. It's basically the same thing, but just like slightly different. It's all about playing tricks on the devil and, mm -hmm. you know, going and then being told you can't get into heaven or hell and mm -hmm. then taking a light back. And the other one, the, the guy whose name is Jack mm -hmm. puts the light inside of a gourd Oh, jack-o'-lantern. That's where jack-o'-lantern comes yes. from. And um, so <clears throat> in some stories, the the will-o'-the-wisp, like, you know, as it continues to evolve, you know, the story is the souls of unbaptized children is one of them. Mm -hmm. um, some of them, they're the souls of witches. Some of them, they're the souls of, like, evil people or just lost people. They're demonic tempters. There are a whole bunch of different versions of will-o'-the-wisp. Mm -hmm. um, in Harry Potter, will-o'-the-wisp are hinky-punks if you read um, Harry Potter. But um, in Louisiana, they're called Fifile. Okay. And that's also the Cajun fairy. That's mm -hmm. another word for that. It's that ball of fire that people see in swamps and marshes. Some say, I think the Fifile specifically, or there are like two versions of it that people go with. One of them is it's the soul sent back from the dead. Um, <clears throat> that is, you know, its goal is to just confuse travelers and right. get them stuck in the swamp. Mm -hmm. The other one is that it's a guide to treasure. Ah. And the word Fifile doesn't come from John Lafitte, mm -hmm. the pirate. But it sounds kind of like it does, and it's gotten connected with Jean Lafitte the pirate. Spell who? It, what's that? How you spell it? F I F O L E T. Okay. And um, so um, Jean Lafitte was like a, a notorious pirate in Louisiana in the 19th century. And if you've ever watched like uh, Drunk History, he's part of the Andrew Jackson drunk history right. i think like they meet up with each other in the in battle like of new a, orleans yes so he kind of sides with andrew jackson but yeah he was pretty notorious and he was pretty bloodthirsty according to stories right. and stuff um but it was said that jean lafitte would bury his treasures in the swamp and then he would kill one of his crewmen and leave the body with the treasure and that the soul of the crewman would be bound to the treasure and would have to um, defend it mm -hmm. forever and so um, the spirit would appear as a blue light in, in the swamp. And there's one story um, I found a couple of different places and I can link to it. But there was a story <clears throat> about this kind of fifile that was two railway workers working near Lake Pontchartrain 
and they're in their camp and a glowing light wakes them up. And so they've heard about this whole from locals that like mm-hmm. lights can mean treasure. So they grab their shovels and they run the fifa down and it kind of drops into the ground at one point. So where it sinks into the ground, they go and start digging up and they find a, a wooden chest in the swamp. But one of the guys has been thinking since he left camp that he's not sharing this treasure. Of course, greed mm-hmm. takes over. Like, you know, mm-hmm. cautionary tale and beats the other guy over the head with a shovel oh, and knocks God. him out in the swamp. Mm-hmm. And then when he's starting to pull the chest out of the muck in the swamp, he doesn't realize while he's pulling it, it's pulling him back down and his uh, feet start to sink. And like then his knees are under and then his hips are under. Mm. And by the time the other guy wakes up, all he can see is like the last screams of this dude as he goes underneath the swamp and can't come back out. So um, the the guy who got hit over the head with the shovel and wakes up, runs back to camp and spends all night like shivering in a corner. And um, I don't know how he found his way out, but the next day he finds his way back in. He's like, I want to see, maybe I can get the treasure back. Right. And when he gets to that spot, there's not, there's solid ground there. It's like there was nothing ever there at all. Oh, weird. And then it says, one of the stories says he hears laughing on the air. <laughs> um, so... There are tons of like cool stories about like the will of the wisp and everything. And that we like the scientific part of it. I wrote down all this shit. Mm-hmm. I am not a scientist. I don't even know if I can like legitimately repeat half of what I found here. But the swamp gas thing mm-hmm. that we've said before, it is a real thing. Like there are because of the way that the swamp um, it's really dense and all the vegetation is at the top. Right. The dead. Dis- uh, so any, vegetation. yeah. So anything that decays underneath the, all the methane and there are a whole bunch of like different gases that come out from decay and mm-hmm. they get stuck underneath because of the, the depth of the vegetation and the lack of light and everything like that. So like if bubbles come up that can escape. And when it's, when it's exposed to the air, hits oxygen or whatever yeah it is possible that there is like one type of gas and i wrote it down somewhere that um that is capable of spontaneously combusting when it touches the air that's crazy but i do i have a video that i'll share of like a dude who took he took like a gallon milk jug and he drilled a hole in the lid like he left the lid on and drilled a hole in the lid so he could just cover the lid with his thumb mm-hmm. and they cut the bottom off mm-hmm. completely and he would go around in the swamp and he would like submerge the bottom part of the jug in the swamp water and you could see all these bubbles and everything coming up and mm-hmm. then he would release his finger off the lid and light and it would shoot fire crazy because of the amount of methane and everything yes. that comes up out of there but you know people have like Scientists have been talking about what causes these things since like the 1500s or before. Right. And originally they thought that like it was lightning that was interacting with the gases, like, like ball lightning. Mm-hmm. And that that was what was lighting it on fire. Mm-hmm. And then this other theory seems to be the most prevalent theory of what, mm-hmm. how the gases like combust. Right. But it doesn't like, none of them really explains everything. And I wonder if this is one of those things that like people just don't study enough or people just don't know, or people just don't publicize the findings or whatever, but like things like the orbs that people see that, that appear to be ghostly mm-hmm. and, and the will of the way they move. Right. They're not like contained to, they one don't just area. go straight up. They actually do. Exactly. Float. They float and they move around. And I tried, I was like, well, if this is such a, if this is such a, um, a known scientific phenomenon, I should easily be able to find videos because there's a scientific name is Ignis Fatuous. 
is the lighting of the gases, which huh. is like sounds- swamp farts, I think, is maybe <laughs> what that like translates to. a Harry to. Potter spell it when totally you said does. it, right? Ignis fatuous. Um, <clears throat> but, um, you know, that, so I, I even looked it up by the scientific name of the phenomenon, mm-hmm. and I can't find a whole lot of, like, you find a whole bunch of people that will explain it to you, like, for hours, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to find anybody that's recorded it. And so like that guy with his, who made it happen, I found that one, but I really have a hard time finding like scientists who have recorded this happening, like in the wild and following. Yeah. Because they've even talked about like, you can, it'll, it'll move away from you as you get closer. Like they make you chase them. That's part of the whole thing with them leading people astray and leading people to treasure is that they, they, they leave you when you go towards them. And, and there were all these theories about, well, of course, you know, gas would, be displaced by the air that you're moving as you go towards it. But if that's the case, why wouldn't it just go out? Because it would also be like, it would also be cut off from its source questions. So I like all this stuff. So I'm like, it's, it's a scientific phenomenon that they say is what it is, but, but I haven't gotten an explanation that mm. really answers all those questions. And that's probably cause I know nothing about science and don't have resources, but um, right. If anybody wants to answer some of these questions, for me, I should call Lori. I mean, she's seen a lot of swamps, but, um, yes. Anyway, that's, so that was, I wanted to get in, dig into all that and I would give you more science, but I'm not capable. <laughs> <laughs> so. That'll be the next podcast that we will not do. <laughs> Scientific facts on folklore. <laughs> so that's the fee filet. Wow. <clears throat> it's very interesting. Thank you for going to depths about that. Chad said I would like it, and he was totally right. Swamp gas. Swamp gas. Oh, he also was like, he said, he made some joke when I texted him. I'm sure. About, like, gas. wouldn't that smell, and made some joke about, um, like, having a teenager in the house yes. and everything. And I found Dad a, joke. I found, a, I found a children's book, like, as soon as he wrote that, I googled swamp gas farts or something, and I found a children's book that was called I Love You More Than Swamp Gas, I think. Ah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll share the link. Right. I'll probably wants. be purchasing that. It was actually really, really cute. So. Yes. Fancy All right, with let's my take a quick break. Control. Remote control monkey. <laughs> yes. All right. So long episode here. And it's kind of funny that you picked Louisiana. Maybe it's because we talked about New Orleans so much last Maybe week. Maybe it is. Like during the, kind the of Bear Creek, we just went and talked about how much we'd love to go to New Orleans and all this. So I was like, we're going to do Louisiana. Yeah. Well, yes. And, you know, I think maybe this kind of, I didn't, did I go to Yeah, I went Louisiana. My search was for Louisiana. But let me kind of tell you how I got there. So first of all, I read this article or this headline really grabbed my attention. I'm going to tell you about it. Self-cloning ticks that suck animals' blood dry sparks concern humans may be next. What the fuck? Yes. So let me tell you about this tick that now we all have to be worried about. I don't need another thing to worry about. (laughs) (laughs) So recently there is uh, this link between this tick and uh, five cows that were killed in North Carolina because they had lost all of their blood. Oh, my God. There is a vampire tick. There is an Asian. It's it's horrifying, really. There's an Asian long uh, horn tick that was first found in the U.S. in 2017. 
the first man that was bitten um, was in New York State. So the long-haired, long-haired, <laughs> the Asian longhorn species um, obviously has sparked concern because the female can lay eggs and reproduce without mating. What? Oh, great. So it, she can literally produce clone, living clones of herself. I don't understand how that works and whatnot. But they found these five cows who... Um, were ruled dead by acute anemia. So they had literally had all their blood sucked out of them. So they're saying, like, be sure to wear long clothing and, you know, forget all this natural plant. Get the deed out. And yeah, I swear to God. Is, uh, you may be talking about this, but have you seen the stuff about how, like, now they're there's actually an investigation into whether the U.S. government is responsible for Lyme disease. Oh, yes, I saw that. And that's like that they that they're weapons of war Weaponized that they were created ticks. to actually like infect other populations and they accidentally let them out. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, great. Now we have war ticks. Well, and, and you know, I mean, not to be a conspiracy, <clears throat> conspiracy theorist or anything like that, <laughs> but there has been like... My grandmother had Lyme disease. I know several people who have Lyme disease. There's like, seems to be like more of it going around nowadays. Well, they talked about like they set, uh, you know, they found out about experiments with Lyme disease in the, and the tick population in labs. And um, they can mark the, like kind of a, not coincidence, like in, like happening at the same time. Not, Mm -hmm. not of those experiments and a radical explosion in Lyme disease in the population. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't even just like a slow uptick. <laughs> right. Okay. So just so Sorry, you know, ahead. no, the um, Asian longhorn tick has been found in Arkansas, uh, Connecticut, Kentucky, Maryland, North Carolina, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, and West Virginia. Great. So if you're out in the woods, you know, wear your DEET and always come home and take a shower and check yourself. Check yourself. PSA. Y'all. Jesus, we can't go to the woods. If we go to the beach, we're going to get flesh-eating bacteria. Uh, I know. And again, I don't know. I've had friends. I had a friend recently who had that and was been in the hospital. And they've got a GoFund account because having to pay for, you know, his days of trying not to die. Oh, my God. I'm never leaving my house again. No. Well, speaking of trying not to die. So this led me to the path of um, Jacques St. Germain, the infamous Louisiana vampire. Oh, my God. We nearly hit each other on this one. I was doing vampires this week, too. Go for it. Uh, Just to kind of throw this out there, because you may not know this, because I didn't know this. um, There is actually a New Orleans Vampire Association. That was formed in 2005 to provide support to self-proclaimed vampires that reside in the haunted city of Louisiana or New Orleans. Uh, And there's like about 50 of them. And again, I watched Dark Tourist, some Mm -hmm. of it, and I watch all of it because I just, some of it I just had to fast forward because, because. But he did this, uh, this little piece on Louisiana vampires and like, yes. So anyway, very interesting. But we're going to talk about the Count St. Germain. So this starts basically um, in France in the 1700s. And it's not really known when the Count St. Germain was born because there's a lot of, of 
mystery. And, and I don't know if it was like set into place by him or, or what. You just have to decide for yourself, right? So he, when he would talk to people, he would talk like he was around before Christ. Like he, he knew history so well that when you talk to him, he would like not only, you know, talk about like been there, done that, but like hundreds of years beforehand, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he was supposedly educated in Italy by the last of the... Um, the Meta Medici's, which was like a Italian oh, okay. uh, patrons for like the arts, um, and I'm totally went blank, but big, huge, like fine arts. So he was like very cultured, very educated. Uh, people who knew him or have claimed to know um, Count Saint Germain was the French uh, historian and philosopher Voltaire. King Louis the Fifteenth and his mistress Madame Pompadour, the Italian writer and adventurer and lover <laughs> Casanova, uh, Catherine the Great, uh, is supposedly had used uh, the Count Saint Germain to help overthrow the Tsar Peter at the time in Russia. So, all of these people in history have claimed to have known him. And Voltaire said that he is the man who knows everything and who never dies. So supposedly he was born either late 1600s, early 1700s, and died, in quotes, 1784. He was intelligent. He was charming. He spoke six languages. He supposedly created secret societies and was very much into the occult. He wrote a manuscript that was in modern and ancient languages, even like in um, hieroglyphics, like Egyptian oh, wow. hieroglyphics. Uh, he was known to be an alchemist. Supposedly, he grew diamonds. He never seemed to age. He was a brilliant artist. He played the violin effortlessly. Uh, being the alchemist, supposedly, you know, turned metal into gold. Um, he was able to find, make beautiful jewels out of small stones and was known to be searching for the elixir of life. He also trained many other alchemists, and one of the alchemists he trained uh, served under Marie Antoinette. And when she was executed, uh, he supposedly saw the Count St. Germain in the crowd, but he had actually been dead that year, so he supposedly saw him after he had died oh. in the crowd there when um, Marie Antoinette was beheaded. She was guillotined, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of the things about uh, the Count St. Germain is that he never ate. Nobody ever saw him eat. He never mm-hmm. ate food. He only drank wine. Uh, red wine? Never ate, yes, red <laughs> He went to Germany, and this is like right before he supposedly died. He went to Germany, and he was like the confidant of Prince uh, Hess there, one of the German princes, and he lived in the castle. And it's kind of sketchy here because supposedly he died, but they didn't witness his death. But the king of Germany then had a priest write up like his death certificate, basically claiming that he was dead. Um, and also noted that towards the end of his life, he claimed to be the son of Prince um, Francis uh, Rokoji of Transylvania. Interesting. So, supposedly he came from Transylvania. 
he had like the really high-end Italian um, education and arts and upbringing and extensive traveler. So uh, apparently he didn't die, quote unquote. Instead, he traveled to the West after the whole Germany stint. And about 200 years later, somebody showed up in New Orleans called Jacques Saint-Germain. So 200 years later, um, this person moved into, uh, you know, I don't know. That, that doesn't make really sense. Well, there's a timeline. I've got a timeline. We will um, put it on the website so you can kind of see for yourself. Um, so anyway, he supposedly moved to New Orleans um, as Jacques St. Germain and was claiming to be an immigrant from south of France. You know, he spoke of events that happened like 200 years before. And um, went, you know, into the past with great detail, like he was actually there living these things when he would speak to people and he would tell his tales. Um, he was, again, known for his knowledge and wit. He was a very charming guy. Like, everybody wanted to be around him because he told these great stories. Um, he was basically the man that could do it all and he looked fabulous and he never mm-hmm. ate and never aged um was a great host uh, so when when was he in new orleans so it says like 200 years later but that was like 1900s right it would be yeah like 1950s or 80s so so maybe not and i'm not exactly sure of this time period and i didn't even that didn't even connect with me so i will look that up Again, there is a timeline. I'll look more into it. Uh, but he would give these lavish parties. Uh, and, you know, everybody in New Orleans, all the upper class, were really taken with him. However, as soon as he moved there, strange things started to happen. So <laughs> In New Orleans. In New Orleans. Imagine <laughs> that. So he's throwing this lush party with all of his prestigious guests. And he invites this woman to the party. And he, she comes over and they go on the balcony and he attempts to bite her neck and she freaks out. And so to distract him, like, you know, she, she tries to placate him and distract him and there's nowhere to go. So she throws herself over the balcony and lands on the pavement below. Oh my God. And so when people like start to surround her, they notice that she's bleeding from the neck. And I mean, obviously it it wasn't like a fatal balcony jump or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's talking about, you know, this guy who just bit my neck. And so the police come and, you know, they get her seen to the police come and they go and try to find uh, Jacques St. Germain and they can't find him, but they go into his house and in his house, they found clothes from like all different time periods stained in blood. Really? They found no food, not even utensils. There were bottles of what looked like red wine, but when they tested them, the red wine was like wine mixed with blood. Oh my God. And um, St. Saint, uh, Germain. <clears throat> Jacques Saint Germain, or maybe the Count Saint Germain, doesn't really. They don't really know. Is said to never come back, and they don't know where he went. 
<laughs> and that's kind of like the legend um, that New Orleans has built up with um, Jacques St. Germain or Count uh, St. Germain living there on Royal Street. There's actually a History Channel document, document documentary um, on the Count St. Germain. And it's hosted by Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> and it's like very kind of late 70s, early 80s awesome. kind of feel to it and stuff. So you have to, it was like, it was really interesting because it, it goes into a little bit more detail about the Count over in Europe. Um, and like supposedly, you know, all the languages and all the countries that he'd been to. And then about halfway through it. There's this lady in California who claims to be the reincarnation of the Count St. Germain, hmm. and it totally goes off track. <laughs> <laughs> and it ends up with a room full of people going, St. Germain, St. Oh Germain, St. <laughs> Germain, and totally lost me. Like I was like, okay, okay, okay. Because apparently he gets reincarnated according to this lady um, that you know he was there with Moses and then he came back and got reincarnated like as Christopher Columbus and then got reincarnated like there's like of, of all these people so uh, he's supposed to like help pass time through or pass the light through anyway wow watch it it's on YouTube and then read the comments underneath it <laughs> the comments are, are pretty amazing wow. as well um let's see and there's a timeline so yeah with all these things and the last thing that was heard of um Jacques Saint Germain or, or the Count Saint Germain is that in 1972 there was a guy in French uh, in France that went on TV claiming to be him mm. So that was the the last, you know, iteration of the Count St. Germain. And then they just let him go. And then he just, <laughs> like, and then nothing more. What is that? 1902. 1902 is when he was in New Orleans. Oh. So yeah, 200 years later. So I wonder if this is where Anne Rice got her. It could very well yeah. be. Her vampire ideas in New Orleans. Yes. Old French So very vampires. interesting, but you know. Obviously, all the vampires in New Orleans have taken that um, as it's one of their favorite tales to tell. And it just adds to the mystique of New Orleans and its ancient port city. But current vampires are really... Uh, it's, watch Dark Tourist. They, I'm going to have to watch it. They I, wear, like, they wear gloves and use medical, mm -hmm. um, you know scalpel stuff i mean it's not like the romantic kind of it's like very medical it's very it's 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 interesting i um i read an article about because vampires were kind of on my radar mm -hmm. for especially new orleans because it's when they come up right and um so i found out about that society mm -hmm. that you were talking about and i read an article where uh, like this academic had interviewed people from the society and then he, it was a two-part article and I only accessed the second part but he had this interview with this guy and he was like so tell me your name and he said well my name is Mephistopheles but I go by Meph <laughs> and 
they just went into this whole long interview with the guy and he just, you know, talking about how, well, they removed my fangs when I was a child. My mm. canine teeth grew in mm -hmm. particularly long and pointy and they removed them and they did that to me before I was of age to consent. Mm. And then, you know, so I was evolved. I, I am a vampire. I was born a vampire. I, right. And one of my relatives realized that I was at an early age and told my parents to cook my steaks more red and you know and mm. then it got to be something that she was uncomfortable with and it was this big long thing and I was like I all I can picture is like just the most distanced from reality nerd versions that I ever met in my life and I've known a lot of nerds and geeks and I am one right and there was that that guy though that just couldn't get back to reality you right. know everybody knows that guy who mm -hmm. just has to live in the story and that's all I could see when I was reading this interview I was Watch. like we love the stories we're all nerds we love we you do love the you stories. can come back man right. you don't have to be this <laughs> <laughs> I, but can they come back? You need I, to watch. I don't know. You can watch Dark Tourist. I mean, it starts you off with like a vampire wedding in New Orleans, wow. um, which is everything you can imagine it to be. It's like if you picture a vampire wedding in your head, and yes, that's that's what you're watching. And then he goes into a house with a guy who is fixing to feed from a donor, um, and it's weird. But the guy, it's like he's like the host was going why do you do this he's like i'm a vampire yeah i mean i am i need blood to sustain he's like there's he's like if i don't i feel groggy and fog like there's this fog and i have no life to me but as soon as i get the blood it's like it just explodes um and gives me energy and life because i'm a vampire i so I just think of like human digestive systems and the fact that like, I think one of the comments on that article was like, if you swallow your own blood after surgery, it makes you physically ill. Right. Like, how can you? And I guess that's one of the things they respond to with, but I'm a vampire. Uh, right. But no, <clears throat> it, it was, it was very interesting. So that is my story. Oh my God. Jacques what is St. Germain? What is the name of that show that we were watching? Is it In the Shadows? That show or the movie, the movie about the vampires yeah. that oh, we watch. Oh yes, with what um we what Jermaine. we do in the shadows. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. That's, <laughs> That's so good. To totally watch that. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> wow. Well, thank y'all for listening. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. 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 I was just thinking. So, Marleya, you're all the time talking about this goat house bar in Montgomery that you went to and had this fantastic time. I so, know, right? tell me about it. So, the goat house beer garden is where I like to go when I'm in Montgomery because I could, like, I, I go, I see a show, I visit Jackson Island where the big fish set is, or I protest stupid fucking decisions of our government. <laughs> and the goat house is the place where I like to go while I'm doing it. Well, that's awesome. I've also heard that the goat house 
powerhouse highlights local artists, singers, songwriters, makers, chefs, brewers, and entrepreneurs, which that's us, right? It's We're true. all those things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they intentionally support only original content because they truly believe that communities begin, grow, and sustain when creatives and entrepreneurs thrive. What a fantastic idea. It is a fantastic idea. It's a great atmosphere. It's great company. It's a lot of fun. And it's less than 10 minutes from Hank Williams' grave, which is haunted. So the oh. next time you go to say hey to old Hank, go stop by the Goat House Beer Garden. Amazing. Yep. Follow us on Facebook at The Strange South, Instagram at The Strange South Podcast, or on Twitter at Strange South Pod. And check out our website, thestrangesouth.com. And for extra fun and goodies, join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast. We love the stories. We're all nerds. We love we you. We do love the you stories. You can come back, man. Right. You don't have to be this. <laughs> like...